my name is Nate Luck, and um, as many of you know, and some of you don't, uh, and a few weeks ago, Aaron asked me to share my journey of faith with you. Uh, to be honest, I've been dreading it ever since. Uh, I have a personal apprehension to speaking in front of large groups, and it can be a little intense at times, so just bear with me. Anyways, uh, many of you here may know my story, uh, and others may not. But as you may recall, in July of last year, I was baptized in Christ. And on that day, I gave a declaration of my faith that pretty well summed up how my life has changed over the past couple of years. And I would like to reread this to you now. In the beginning, I referenced Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask, and it will be given. And for some reason, this verse has always intrigued me. But it wasn't until Aaron asked me to tell my story back in July that I realized just why I was drawn to these words. In a nutshell, this is the story of my spiritual journey. It's an outline for my spiritual journey. Ask, and it will be given to you. Throughout my life, I was all, I've always been inquisitive. I feel as though I have asked so many questions. I've asked for purpose. Why am I, what am I supposed to do in life? How can my knowledge and experience be put to use? And I've asked for answers to some of life's most difficult questions. Why do we die? Is there a heaven or a hell or an afterlife? Or does God really exist? And honestly, at times I feel as though I pretty much answered or asked for answers to every question imaginable. But instead of waiting for the answers, I sought them on my own. I didn't wait them for them to be given to me. Which brings me to seek and you will find. Most of my life, I considered myself an atheist. I didn't have God of any kind. But when I look back, I think it was really just a lost soul. I was looking for answers to some pretty difficult questions, but it was in totally wrong places. And mostly, I sought for answers through science and logic. And if science couldn't explain it or identify it, then it must not be real. At other times, I sought for the answers through religion. I studied from uh, religions from around the world, um, seeking for one that best answered my questions. I read books about Taoism, Buddhism, Hinduism, nature religions. I even studied Christianity. I read the Bible, cover to cover, but I read it like a textbook, expecting the answers to be right there in its pages. Through all of this asking, I never really felt like I received anything other than more questions and a significant amount of ridicule from my peers for not being a follower of Christ, which I plan on expounding on a little bit later. But I did find something. I found Lindsay, my wife, and with her, I found happiness. Then I found Isabel, my oldest daughter, and with her, joy. And when I found Briella, I stopped asking and seeking. I had been gathering everything that I would ever need in life, right? Well, shortly after Briella came into our lives, Lindsay asked if I was up for attending a new church, which happened to be Riverwood. And swayed by my memories of my own difficult past and wanting something more and better for my girls, I hesitantly said yes. Little did I know that that yes would be my knock. 
or more like me running headfirst into a glass door that I didn't even know was there. <laughs> the next few months were like a hurricane of change for me, and all of a sudden I felt something stirring in my heart, something I couldn't explain or identify. And to be honest, I was more than a little frightened. But after a few meetings with Pastor Aaron, my fears were laid to rest. But what I was feeling was Christ entering my heart and reconnecting with the Holy Spirit. When I finally accepted Christ and stopped pushing back, I felt changed, or maybe you could say completed. I no longer feel like I'm simply living in the world, but that I'm part of the world. That's why when I read the passage from Matthew 7, I can say that I have received, I have found, and the door to Christ has been opened before me. And my identity is now in him. But, like I said, I wanted to go a little bit deeper into that ridicule, my past, before Christ. Um, you see, my ability to recall specific events from my past has never been that great. You can ask my wife. <laughs> I don't remember things very well. But there are a handful of events that I can remember in great detail, and they tend to be life-changing ones. And two of these happened to be times where I was made to feel as though I was an outcast because of my beliefs as a non-Christian. The first incident goes all the way back to fifth grade. It was indoor recess, and at that time I made my first declaration, public declaration of my faith, or lack thereof. And there were two girls, I remember their names, I actually still see one of them on a fairly regular basis. Um, but they thought that it was appalling and hilarious and made everybody else in the class know that I did not believe in God. Essentially, I was bullied for not believing. And even though that was not the last time that I would ever experience this, it is the one time that I ever really let it get to me. And in fact, it even made me cry. But this incident hardened my skin and my heart and kick-started my quest for knowledge. Not for the sake of becoming a Christian or Taoist or Muslim, but to gain ammunition for future encounters. It hardened me. It calloused me. And the second incident came later in life at UNI's Basic. Uh, at this point in my life, I had gathered enough knowledge to realize that many religions have the same core value of kindness and compassion. And so I had also decided to abandon some of my callous mindset. I, I had become accepting. So I agreed to attend with my friends and my uh, girlfriend at the time, now wife, <laughs> But little did I know that walking into the lecture hall that night, my guard would once again be thrown up against Christianity. I don't remember much about who the speaker was or who I was there with, other than my wife. But I do remember what he said. More accurately, what I heard. And that's important. The message was one of the Christian mission to spread God's word and the Christian faith. But it was in the reasoning that I took offense. Not why do those who not have Christ in their heart 
or not, not about saving those who do not have Christ in their heart, but why they needed to be saved. And this is essentially what I heard. I heard him saying that anyone who did not have Christ in their heart must be a pitiful, sorrowful creature, incapable of joy or even love. And it was for this reason that they needed to be saved. For how could anyone live in that sort of way? It was a complete hour of the audience nods, saying, yes, Nate, you have no value unless you believe in Christ. But I was loved. I loved back. I had joy. Honestly, I was pretty happy at that moment in my life. But it, it just, it really hit me. I think Lindsay and I had a pretty long discussion that night. And once again, I cried. I broke down. And I don't share these stories with you because like, I want you to pity me. Um, but it's more so that you're aware that what ultimately brought me to God's light was not ridicule or assumption about my character, which unfortunately tended to be the norm of what I experienced in my nearly 20 years as identifying as an atheist. The Christians make assumptions. They ridicule, even though they don't intend to. Not to say that you guys do that. <laughs> I, but I really want you guys to know that it was compassion, understanding, and one person's willingness to truly listen. that were at the heart of the turning point in my life. And so I implore you that in your mission to spread God's word before turning to scripture or even testimony, turn your head, listen, be compassionate, be understanding. Otherwise you may find that your words are falling on deaf ears. That's all I have.